I've known uh, Mike Cumberford for probably, I don't know, three decades. I knew him first as a young, talented journalist working for places like the Tribune, the Sun-Times, the Daily Herald. I know he went away and worked at papers in Moscow and Budapest. And when most journalists turn 60, they start thinking about, oh, well, what golf courses am I going to play when I retired? Mike began his great adventure later in life. That adventure has uh, manifested itself in one of the best books I have read in the last decade. American Oz, an astonishing year inside travel carnivals at state fairs and festivals. He is still at it. Uh, Beast of Main Street was him exploring Route 66 during the pandemic. And he's on a new adventure. Mike, uh, I admire you tremendously for using your skills uh, someplace other than a golf course. How are you? All right, man. And uh, thank you very much for that introduction. And I will correct you. It's been 40 years. We've known each other 40 uh, years? Well, I didn't feel that old. Uh, I didn't feel that old. The first 10 10 were rather forgetful. Yes, for both of us, I'm afraid. For both of us. But you know this. I've written about about American Oz, which really is an astonishing book. It's still out there. You can buy it. Uh, You decided to... you like bike riding, and you and you you were inspired by Paul Salopek, the Pulitzer Prize winning uh, journalist for the Tribune, won a couple Pulitzer Prize win- prizes, and who has been taking a twenty one thousand mile trip around the world. It is called slow journalism. Walking. Slow journalism. Walking. He's walking across the planet, and. You are riding a bike. You rode it on Route 66 to create Beast of Main Street, and now you're doing it on on the coast. You've you've finished your ride from uh, Maine to, I guess, Key West, I guess, and now you're on the West Coast. Uh, this was to explore, in your inimitable way, the effects of climate change. Uh, it, this must be a real revelation for you, because I cannot not think of you whenever I see... You know the the ABC nightly news that generally begins with some kind of a, a, a climate disaster in California. Oh, absolutely! And uh, what really happened? I'll just back up a little bit. I went. Uh, I started out in Bar Harbor, Maine, and I and I rode down three thousand miles to Key West, mm. and and, uh, and and that was revelatory because there was a bomb cyclone uh, that came through around New Year's and affected 37 million people across the, the country. Big, huge snowstorms in Chicago and New York and everywhere else. And then I was on the Outer Banks. And, and boy, do you feel uh, vulnerable out there uh, to the uh, to nature. And sure. uh, those banks are going to disappear yeah. eventually. And, uh, and so, uh, I mean, it really brings home the... Uh, the feeling of vulnerability, the inevitability, the uh, and just and hearing the people speak from where they live, and uh, and how they feel, and uh, and how they're uh, how they're experiencing the uh, the climate change over their lifetime. Well, I it's not a just big question. You know what I get from reading your stuff? It's it's not it's not just how they feel. It is 
what they fear as well. And I think it is a kind of something that's going to echo across this country. Now, everybody now is talking about, oh, it's going to be beautiful here tomorrow. It's going to be 70 degrees and blah, blah, blah. Without without the realization, unless they read National Geographic, and this news is not the news and the stories you're hearing on your rides are, are not resonating, I don't think, with the vast American public. Are they? Well, that's I'm finding that there is a lot of literacy out there. And then backing up to what you said about California, boy, have they been hit out here. Yeah. 25 atmospheric uh, rivers, they call it, uh, earthquakes and uh, mudslides. And I'm on Route 1 right now. And uh, repeatedly in one day, I had five uh, times I was stopped because the mudslides had, had taken out part of uh, Route 1. Wow. And, uh so, Route 1, I'm hearing from people now. We'll find out it from the experts later. But uh, Route 1 may have to be moved because it's really, sometimes it's just a foot away or not even a foot away from the cliff. And, uh, and so, these, this, uh, is the inter- human interaction with the coast here is so vivid. Um, and uh, along the East Coast, you have 110 million people. You know, in America, we have, and uh, along the uh, West Coast, another uh, 48 million. So we have most of the people that right. in America exactly. are living on, live the on those coasts. Where are you now, Mike Comerford? Where exactly are I'm you in now? In Bodega Bay, right north of uh, San Francisco, and I'll be in San Francisco tomorrow. So. Isn't, that, isn't that where um, the birds was filmed? Or not filmed, but... It was. Yeah, okay. It was. But Very that's my great... My great frame of reference there. How are how how are people treating you? You are such a a uh, an accessible human being, Mike. Uh, that I'm sure people are treating you, if not eager to tell their stories, at least not reluctant to tell them. No, I, I, I'm I'm really shocked, and and you're getting to this. But I found this in. Uh on Route 66, yeah, too, is yeah. how articulate human beings are, especially when they're talking about existential issues like their life and their possible death, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, their economy, their livelihood, and uh, where they live. And so they're more articulate than any novelist I've ever read trying to write dialogue. People yeah. really talking about life and death issues uh, can really knock it out of the park, and it's so compelling. With the Route 66 um project and covid i had you know grown men crying yeah uh, telling yeah. me about their stories more than one <laughs> and uh, it really it really affected you and and uh people along these coast mines uh they're having very different reactions that I, I and i said this the last time too it's I hate to sound snobbish, but I spoke Kierkegaard on this, yeah. and he said uh, yeah. you have to you have to live life forwards, but uh, you only understand it looking backwards. And uh, actually, I have that quote backwards, but it's essentially the same. And and I figure I'm at the end of this ride, I'll understand more deeply what it's all really about by watching these videos over again, listening to these people over again, seeing what they're really talking about. Because even while I'm here listening to them, I think I'm only getting half the story. That's just the way human beings communicate, and I think. Well, I think part of it, even, even though, even though, the journalism for a second, even though you're doing slow journalism, which I am a great admirer of uh, the whole aspect of it, y- you are still moving, 
And I think it's yeah. going to take, don't you think it's going to take you to sit down and digest all of this or re-digest it to come up with some, if it's at all possible, Mike Comerford, to come up with some big picture here? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I have to tell you, it's daunting. It's epic. I mean, it is very daunting. And I will say on the, on the Route 66 ride, it was revelatory because I I really found that people... Even though I was asking about COVID, and I thought I was going to get all this stuff about parties and right, and, uh, right, and, right. and religion and cures and things like that, I got all that. But people eventually wanted to talk about life and death and meaning of life, and well, I and I couldn't believe it when I came up with that at the end. Well, because I and think I hope something like that. Well, and I think what you're doing now. I mean, it just seems to me, as an outside observer, that the stakes are the stakes have been raised, and. Uh, on the back of your bike, you have a sign. I think you may still have it or not. It just says, tell, do. tell me a story. And you you, yeah. are, you are asking, you are not at pre-editing. You're not demanding uh, the kind of story. I'm talking to Mike Comerford, who is uh, just outside Bodega Bay, north of San Francisco. We've got to take a short commercial break, and we'll come back. And I want you to talk, Mike. I know that people can access what you're doing in a variety of ways, and which I have done. And uh, you can explain it better than I do, because you know I barely know how to use email. So we'll be right back. I think if people out there listening want an introduction to uh, Mike Comerford, the best thing to do would be buy his book, American Oz. Uh, an astonishing year traveling in carnivals and state fairs and festivals. It was published in 2020. Since then, he's been on the road filing stories uh, under the umbrella uh, Beast of Main Street, in which he followed Route 66 across this country. And now the story cycle. Mike, where can are you still in partnership and collaboration with uh, University of Florida's uh, oral history program? Oral history. Yeah. Yes, I am. And... Uh, Go ahead. Where, just where can people find? People now have got to be curious about what you're doing and seeing the manifestation of it rather beyond just talking to me about it. Where can they find that? So it's called The Story Cycle and uh, America's Coast and Climate Crisis. And it's on YouTube right now. It's five-minute conversations with people. Uh, slow, uh, just real quick conversations. Uh, I ask three quick questions and... Uh, and we're in and out, and so they can uh, skim it and see which which ones we're interested in. I do the East Coast, so it's uh, Atlantic Coast and climate crisis, and the Pacific Coast and climate crisis. They're two different channels. And and, uh, and go ahead. That's, no, you go. Go ahead. Where that was it. Now, is there another? Do you think there? I, I think certainly there's a book uh, that that deserves to come out of this. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. At least one. It might. I might make East Coast and West Coast, and then have a trilogy with uh, Route sixty six. But uh, but we might make it. Uh, might combine it. But uh, it's a big, big concept. And uh, when I, you know, when you brought up the, uh, I wanted to add something just dramatic. Uh, sure. That uh, about the uh, the sign on the back of the bike that says, "Tell me a story," and uh, some people. Uh, don't want to talk about climate change and i have to insist you know yeah come on let's let's talk about climate change but they want to talk about something else and one guy in uh, oregon uh he stopped me and and he said uh you know uh i it's, it's raining outside i had to pull down this sign because i don't want to sell my sister's house i have to sell my sister's house to the irs now 
And I go, all right, um, let's do our interview. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. over his story, and then he gets to his story. His sister had been murdered in Seaside, and it's a tiny little town in Oregon. And uh, and she was uh, cleaning a house, and uh, uh, you know, divorced with her the child already raised, and and so forth. But uh, she's cleaning houses, you know, to make a living later in life, and some guy broke into this house and raped and murdered her. Oh and I go, God. well, how the heck, how the heck Yeah. Um, uh, I, do you tell the climate story about, and about people and the climate without saying, you know what, everybody is going through so many existential crises. No question. Uh, beyond the, 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 the climate issue. Yeah. And, um, Are, and uh, they're, they're full human beings and there's a lot of things surrounding it. Are you able, Mike Comerford, to to remain at all hopeful? And I'm putting the very generalization: hopeful for mankind with your journalism. It it's got to be rough. Well, I I I uh, I hate to tell you that. I think maybe it's part of uh, the bicycling, being in nature, and and so forth. You you yeah. actually uh, yeah. you feel better, uh-huh. you feel more. Uh, you're 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 in a good mood, and yeah. uh, you actually uh, uh, elicit, uh, uh, I think, good uh, things from people. But I have more. I'm more positive about the, uh, the climate issues than I was before. But I don't know if that's a matter of, of just what I'm going through. But um, I will say that uh, I'm I'm a hope. I, I find a lot of people are if they were hopeful before. Yeah. They realize that all the things that are going on with the climate, um, uh, they're hopeful still. And uh, that's who I am. I'm, I'm hopeful for people. I, I find there are a lot of people that are pretty well-educated about the climate. They don't know what to do about it, and mm-hmm. uh, but they're all over the map. And, um, you, and must also, you, you must also have seen, I don't know that road anywhere near the way you do, but you must also have seen some unbelievable natural beauty on this ride unbelievable is true and this is the probably the most gorgeous uh bicycle ride i've ever had uh, from the from the uh mountains and and uh forests of maine to the uh to key west and the gulf and up to up to the redwood forest to uh and now these uh, seashores along the Oregon coast with the lighthouses and the sea stacks uh, uh, along the road along the beach line, which uh, they look like just pieces of artwork put out there for you, and, and then people see all sorts of things in the rocks, human faces and animals and so forth. But uh, it's so right now I'm looking over Bodega Bay and and the water is glistening uh, from the sun. Yeah, um, we had a waxing gibbous moon last night obviously and i saw that on one side and i saw the sun rising on the other um being out in nature is just uh it's just a magnificent experience and it's so yeah. awe-inspiring you can imagine that would the topic is rather bleak yes that would instill hope though talk to me before i let you go michael comerford michael sean comerford just look him up uh, talk to me about your daughter, Grace. Uh, you know, uh, my daughter, Grace, is around your daughter's age, yep. and uh, and she, um, long ago, uh, decided she wanted to be uh, go to college. 
and then uh, had to go to Berkeley. And so uh, even though she was a youngster in grade school, her, her <laughs> friends all looked at her like she was insane. But she got into Berkeley on a full scholarship, and uh, she's a Chancellor's and Scholar Scholarship uh, winner. And uh, I, I almost the first thing I said to her, not the first, yeah. but one of them was, you know what, everyone's going to say now, you must have really intelligent parents. <laughs> See that, Dad? Intelligent. <laughs> well, I know. The thing is, I mean, the, the, one of the great things about Grace, and I do not know her well, I know her sort of second hand, is that, you know, that she was worried about you when you would when you took off on some of your travels, oh, but yeah. she was she was nevertheless uh, incredibly, I think, incredibly supportive, and I think that's one of the things that made it easier for you uh, to because what you're doing is hard, man. I mean, what you're doing is not yeah, is not easy, and it's got her. and it's got to be you know, and there got to be lonely nights. I mean, I know you're having some adventures out there, but but there there must be some lonely lonely times. What do you read yeah, while you're from you do you read while you're doing this journey? Do you read? I mean, I'm a I'm a read I'm a I'm, I'm a crazy reader. I I definitely am. If I yeah, if I meet an author, I have to read them. Yeah, yeah. And I have met I have met some authors uh, on this trip, but uh, yeah, I read and uh, but there's a lot of biking and filing of stories and, and sure. Uh, no, I mean so it's... in each case there's like a hundred and some uh, videos with uh, all of these projects. Well, I mean, I have... 66 Atlantic and this one too will be near hundred. I've always liked you, except for that first decade where we don't remember <laughs> encountering one another. I mean, I've always, I've always liked you. I couldn't and, believe it when I met you first. Over the, you were, uh, over you the were last, and, yes, certainly at the Billy Goat. Uh, Mike, take care of yourself and keep me posted, will you please? Keep me posted. Well... You're the best interviewer in Chicago. It's uh, well, a real honor. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a shrinking crowd. Believe me, it's a shrinking crowd. Oh, yes. Mike, take care of yourself, will you please? Thanks, man. All right, honey. Onward. Uh, that was Mike Michael Sean Hummerford, who is uh, he's doing this project in cooperation with the University of Florida's Samuel Proctor Oral History Program, and uh, it, it's really worth dipping into 